Hey guys, I am extremely concerned about <clears throat> where we are in the world, and I have been for several years, and I've been unable to talk about it because the situation that the planet's biosphere is in is so much more critical than the public is aware and than the media has really been reporting. And I've been both cheered and overwhelmed in the last four months or so to see the international community, particularly the World Economic Forum, which presents Davos every year, and the United Nations, lead this charge of calling a spade a spade when it comes to the degradation of the planetary life support system that has taken place literally in the last 50 years, in my lifetime, and yours as well. So most recently on Friday, the UN said we have now until the end of this year, we have less than 10 months for countries to get it together on their climate change pledges. Prior to that, the, the, the Secretary General of the UN or the CEO of the UN has said that we are in an, an ultimate crisis in terms of biodiversity loss. And if you've been following what Biointegrity has been saying over the last several years, you've seen and, and heard suggestions of this but I have tried to sort of sanitize around the severity of this bad news because it is so overwhelming and tried to focus on the positive news, the, the solutions. I still think that's a, the right approach. But we have, um, as of October 2020, we have a study by a couple of physicists that says in the most optimistic assessment, civilization has a less than 10% chance of surviving after about 2040. In other words, of not collapsing from biospheric services loss, and then that being exacerbated by climate change, obviously. Meanwhile, we are rapidly growing, and we are rapidly polluting, and we are rapidly consuming the life-giving resources of the planet without replenishing those life-giving resources. So on the one hand, it's a really simple picture. It's a, a big paradigm shift needs to take place. We have been consuming without replenishment now particularly for the last couple of hundred years. The benefit of that has been we've developed the ability to live longer and have extremely high qualities of life. We have built this incredible technological sphere now that we are dependent upon for the immediate needs of our lives and the immediate uh, luxuries in our lives. And we are bringing more and more people out of poverty every year, although that is an unstable um, curve of improvement. However, what we've also done is destroy the life support system of planet Earth, and we are living inside of a culture that has a meme that this is no big deal, that we can just jump in a spaceship, head over to Mars, and uh, start another biosphere. There is no life support system off of this planet. And, and the idea that we could find another planet with the same composition of chemical materials and temperatures and ratios of carbon and water and, and uh, productivity and uh, species, similar species. Being a, a person of the Star Wars generation, you know, I, I certainly, um, I get the myth that we want to believe that we can jump on the Millennium Falcon and hit hyperspace and uh, go to some other planet and, and just 
jump off the ship and everything's fine. But this is uh, fiction. This is truly fiction. The biosphere itself is so miraculously complicated and so miraculously old. It, it took about, science shows us it took about 4 billion years to get to the point where biosphere Earth could support humanity and in fact create human beings and sustain human beings. So, you know, if we go to Mars, you sort of need to think along the lines of a 4 billion year timeline before you have a, a planet that is capable of imitating Earth. There are so many things that need to come into place. The, the magnetosphere, the atmosphere, the hydrosphere, the temperature, the chemical composition, the distribution of microbia pervasively across an entire planet. That process alone needs a certain amount of biological time. And, and so and it's just an unrealistic paradigm that we can jump from Earth to some other land and survive. Earth is miraculously old, Earth is miraculously complicated, and Biosphere Earth is miraculously multifaceted. And when I say miraculous, I really mean it. You know, there's, there's um, this incredible reality that we don't pay attention to, and that is... I think the, the most amazing thing we're not talking about is other than birth and existence itself is decomposition and the way that as you know as an eyelash or a hair on your head falls into the, onto the ground it is decomposed into biological nutrition for other living things be they other microbes or ultimately other plants and then of course animals and this is something that I don't think science has yet really tried to explain. Certainly religion has not tried to explain. I don't believe philosophy has ever gotten anywhere near this, this uh, miraculous topic of the creation and decomposition of biological material that has been accruing in a net positive fashion now for billions of years on Earth not on any other planet. The The next nearest planet that might have some sort of Earth-like conditions is over 500 million light years away. So we need to focus here on Earth and we need to focus right now. And because of the severity of the timeline now, and, and the timeline is severe because of a, of a bunch of factors, but the big ones are we have done a lot of destruction in the last 50 years of the biological or the biospheric infrastructure of our planet. We have exacerbated the degradation of its functionality through this warming that we are creating, the climate change driven by global warming. And we are growing super fast and we're growing in the wrong way. And, you know, th there's a collision that is within a, a few years now. The, the, some of the science shows that we could have significant state shifts and collapses of ecosystems by 2024. It is highly likely that we are going to move into um, a, a series of catastrophic events greater than the ones we've known so far, no matter what we do over the next, over the rest of this decade. And so we have to have, we human beings have to have a mind and a heart and a fortitude for that reality that our role, if we're going to continue as um, modern civilized human beings, our role is to first and foremost 
protect and rescue the life support system of our planet. There certainly can't be a greater purpose for humanity. The challenge is um, in some ways enormous because it requires, doing this requires extreme culture shift. And it also requires um, extreme investment change and extreme economic change. But I think there's no way around that part of it. And I have been in this deep study mode for most of the last several years, but in particular since about July. I have a concept for biospheric reformation, but I want to call on you to join me in a few things. Number one, I need a little more time. I want to announce and launch a campaign for biospheric reformation as soon as possible. The second thing is that I'm, I ask you to engage this idea of understanding how the biosphere works from a historical perspective, understanding that the biosphere is fundamentally a construct of intactness, just like your body, and that our current economic model and civilization is about fragmentation and extraction from that body of the planetary life support system. And so third, I want you to be thinking with me about how we can appeal to and change and motivate the world's wealthiest people. When you look at the subject of wealth and justice in the world, it's abundantly clear that there's plenty of money to take care of today's biospheric collapse problem. And what we need is about $2 trillion. And so that's not a lot of money relative to something like the Pentagon budget, which is around $700 billion a year. Our planetary life support system needs um, an injection of about $2 trillion of investment. The first half goes to protecting the uh, biodiversity and ecosystems and reestablishing the connectivity of migration corridors and survival corridors for other species, the, the other members of the biosphere that make up the biosphere, that make it a life support system. The other trillion dollars needs to go into economic transformation of the most destructive industrial and small-scale actors in what I call vital organ ecosystems, what Biointegrity has identified as the ecosystems that are the most productive, the most biodiverse, and the most carbon-rich on our planet. These are the tropics writ large, particularly tropical forests, which Biointegrity has been talking about for a number of years but also the coastlines of the entire planet and the high latitude oceans, meaning the, the sort of the polar oceans. These are where fisheries are, where carbon um, sequestration is most potent, these high latitude oceans. And the same goes for coastlines. You know, there's not much life below about, uh, I believe it's 600 meters of depth in the ocean, it gets uh, to be more like a desert. And so you get on the middle of the ocean, yes, there's biodiversity, but there's not as much concentration of life forms and plankton and so forth. Coastlines, however, are extremely diverse, extremely productive, extremely important to the whole climate system. And then back to the first of these three uh, vital organ paradigms, the tropical system is the most impactful on the entire planet's climate system of all of the productive ecosystems and the most efficient at removing carbon and keeping it stored from the atmosphere and by far the most biodiverse region of the planet. About 75% of all biodiversity is located in the tropics. So as we now begin to try and define 
this campaign for biospheric reformation and respond to the extremely daunting challenges the best way we can. You know, I really believe that in 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20, biointegrity was a huge part of the movement that made tropical forests a priority for the climate movement. And um, I want to build on that success. I want to see the reformation of the economy take place according to basic biospheric terms, according to the, the reality that we, that we find ourselves in, living in the only human life support system in the known universe. And I think this $2 trillion ask, some of it will continue to come from government, but I think the majority of it needs to come from the world's wealthiest people, the ones who are the most resourced and the world's wealthiest corporations and institutions from places like Harvard and the University of Texas to Amazon and uh, Facebook to um, the fossil fuel and mining industry over to the, the super successful billionaires, Bill Gates and uh, Jeff Bezos and, and all the rest. These people who have made the most money, good on them, but can we really, really be proud of people who have made money from a system that is self-destructive, that is destroying the life support system of the planet? Can we really aspire to have more of something that is ultimately going to run out the clock? Seems ridiculous, but we don't have this understanding yet in our popular culture. And so I think what we can do today um, and for the next several months is work on just changing this awareness amongst ourselves, conducting conversations in the biointegrity uh, community about this idea of biospheric reformation and the world's wealthiest inst entities and people covering the costs of the salvation and stewardship of our planetary life support system. I know if I had a billion dollars and I dedicated 5% of that net worth to something like saving the Amazon or the Congo or coral reefs in Indonesia, I know that that would be roughly $50 million I could contribute to the global effort. And so I would be worth, after giving away 5% of my net worth, I'd be worth $950 million. I think that's the least anyone can do who is of means. I don't understand the mentality that this is asking someone to uh, do more than they should be expected of them. Again, our system, our system of success and wealth is built on a self-destructive paradigm. And whether the people who have means or not like it, they are the ones who have the capability to deploy their wealth in a, into the existing system of international accords, conservation and restoration organizations and efforts, community-based land ownership and stewardship, regenerative business models, and greater education and awareness about how the planetary life support system works. They are the ones that can do that. And I don't, I think that, um, at the end of the day, there couldn't be anything more rewarding than having made it, as it were, become a super wealthy person, and then having done your part to partner with the other super wealthy people and save 
biosphere Earth. This decade. This is the campaign. I don't hear the international movement calling or the Davos movement calling on these super wealthy people. I hear them calling on these super wealthy people to implement the systemic changes, the regulatory changes, and the government investments that will cover all of our uh, lives and protect us all. But we live in a time of excessive divisionism politically and so intransigent and uh, intractable cultural problems. We also live in a time where the biggest crises are not yet known. I think if I were a billionaire, I probably would not want to know about and may not be aware of how serious today's biospheric crisis is. And so I would also not have acted. And I think Biointegrity's job and this community's job at present is to begin this conversation to invigorate it into the public sphere and to look for ways to be more effective in the years ahead and the months ahead. We need rapid investment. We need large scale investment relative to anything any of us can imagine. But modicum investment relative to economic development budgets around the world and certainly defense budgets uh, here in the United States. And we need it right now. It's going to take some time to get there, but this, I think, is the purpose of our time to change the economy and the hierarchical structure of a human organization in such a way that now we advance ourselves and evolve our, our paradigm of what life is all about into coexistence and stewardship of our own continuation. I'm so ready to do something more and I'm still in study mode, still in concept mode. Wheels are turning, good things are happening, but I want to do so much more. And so I am sharing with you this call and looking forward to announcing significant changes either next week or within the next couple of weeks. And then in April, there will be a, a lot more content to share. And finally, I want to say thank you for your support. Thank you for your concern and care for other human beings and other living creatures and our planetary future. And um, let's go. Let's protect and restore and steward Earth's biological integrity. Thanks again.